Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Interesting news regarding Chris Wood. He's starting to sort of, I guess, starting to look a little bit like a, a little bit of a journeyman, I guess, um, with the way that he's bouncing from one team to the next. And I guess some people might label him as that. But do we actually understand just what this guy has achieved? You sort of grow up in the Waikato and you go and you play in the Premier League. You play for Barnsley, Brighton, Bristol, Millwall, Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, Burnley, and then Newcastle. Now, it very much does read as a a bit of a journeyman. But when you think about the number of kids that play football in this country, that play football in Australia, that play football in the United States, throughout Europe, throughout England... You've got 20 Premier League sides who pick players from all around the world. And this kid grew up in the Waikato. It is really quite unbelievable. No different than Stephen Adams in the NBA. No different than Sean Marks in the NBA. And they just don't quite seem to get the recognition, do they? We tend to take a... You know, we'll take a rugby player and put them up on a pedestal or we'll take a netball player and somehow make out that their achievements from winning some sort of Rugby World Cup or Netball World Cup are superior. And yet the fact that Chris Wood is earning a very, very good living, an extraordinary living, is always a good indicator of how big a sport is versus, say, what others are earning. But, you know, what do the Chris Woods and the Stephen Adams need to do to sort of ever get nominated for Halberg Awards or to be recognised in this country? Because they're never going to be the best in the world, are they? They're not necessarily going to win Olympic Games gold medals because they just simply don't have the team to do that. They might not even win an NBA championship, mind you. I think Stephen Adams got a real shot with his Memphis Grizzlies. But just sort of moving the conversation along a little bit from what your favourite sports teams are and how you became associated with a certain team to what defines the GOAT, and we've had that little discussion. I just want to add this in. Um, Who are some of our most underrated sports people of all time that perhaps those that make these decisions when it comes to award times just simply haven't done their due diligence? Or we are so damn insular that sports that are really just world famous here and mean nothing internationally, we tend to glamorise and we tend to put those athletes above others who are probably a lot more deserving. 0800 150 is the number. Some more texts that have come in. Um, followed, and they've got in brackets formally, 
mighty Everton since 1980s, purely to be contrary and not follow my flatmates' teams, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal. A couple of good um, collects and Ladbrokes helped. Well, they were a hell of a side in the 80s, Everton, FA Cup. Remember the FA Cup against Liverpool? They won the first division a couple of times. I like this way. What I've supported the Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers, after picking up a book in the late 80s uh, called The Breaks of the Game, which was all about Blazers' only championship-winning team of 1977, reading about personalities such as Kermit Washington, Moses Malone, Bill Walton, just seemed to endear themselves to me. That comes from J.D., yeah, it's interesting because I do a lot. I do quite a bit of that with the music. I'll hear a group, and I'll be honest. I've been doing a little bit with gangster rap. I mean, later we're going to do a little bit of gangster because I do gangster. I do gangster quite well. But you know, it's a different genre. Um, considering I'm probably more of a classic hard rock guy who's then mellowed as I got a little bit older. But then you could say, watch a documentary on NWA, and you go behind the scenes, and then you read documentaries on EZE. And you start to gain an appreciation of the artistry. And then you start listening to the music and you start listening to the music differently. And you actually then become a fan. Then you give it a little bit of time and you can actually, you know, you actually say, I actually quite like this. Certain time of the day, certain time of the week, I actually quite like this. And I think that's often the case how people do get involved in sports teams. And we're seeing more and more of these sort of fly-on-the-wall type documentaries coming out about sports teams and athletes. And I'd imagine a lot of people... Wrexham is the one at the moment, isn't it? Wrexham, owned by the Hollywood stars in Wales. I'd imagine there's suddenly a lot of Wrexham people. I'd imagine Wrexham have probably sold a lot of te- a lot of shirts recently, and suddenly their games have become high demand, more because of the celebrity associated with it, but because it's suddenly become in vogue. So, jump on the phone. Who are some of those New Zealand athletes that perhaps we don't truly understand. I think there's a few in motorsport at the moment. Dylan Hartley's one. Oh, yeah, but he didn't make it in Formula One. Yeah, but he was driving a crap car. He might be a little bit reckless, but the guy's won Le Mans. Earl Bamba. You know, what these guys are doing in some of this Porsche career racing and these endurance events around the world. Do we truly understand it? Or are we just so myopic that we just think it's the supercars in Australia and Formula One, and if you're not involved in either of those two for some reason, or, of course, with um, Scott Dixon and IndyCars and Scotty McLaughlin and co. 0800-150-811, underrated sportsman, someone sexing in softball, Mark Sorensen, multi-world champion as a player in all codes, in all the codes Hall of Game, uh, Hall of Fames. Yeah, I think Mark Sorensen's underrated. Um, What I will say, I just don't think softball is on the same scale, though, from a men's point of view, as, say, what football and NBA are. We'll take a break. We'll come back with your calls. We've got Scott. We've got Zaid sitting there waiting. There is a spare line if you do want to phone through. Imogen Aris, who picked up a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games last year in women's pole vault, is going to join us on the programme after one o'clock as we preview the Potts Classic, one of the great track and field meets expected to be uh, taking place in Hawke's Bay over the weekend. But let's go to the phones. Hi, Scott. Hey, Wado. How are you going? Good, thank you. Um, just, just calling up in regards to underrated um, sports people over here. Um, I think, obviously, uh, you've noted Chris Wood and... Um, you know, uh, along with Winston Reid as well. I mean, you know, yeah. trying to 
obviously just trying to get into the into uh, into the squad of a Premier League team. Um, obviously, Winston Reid going on to captain West Ham as well. And if I remember rightly, I'm, I'm not a West Ham fan, and I might be wrong, but I think he was Player of the Year one year for them as well. Um, which you know, which is an incredible achievement. Um, and playing, I think, almost 200 games for them. Um, and then uh, Sean Marks would probably be the other one um, as well, which I think he played over 200 games across the NBA. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well. True story, Scott. I was actually lucky enough to see Sean play his ever first 37 seconds in the NBA. I just happened to be studying in Canada at the time when he was with the Raptors and um, they'd moved into the Air Canada Centre. Yeah, and um, yeah, you look at even what he's done in the administration side of it. I mean, you can look at Sean Marks and go, well, he didn't play a lot of NBA time, but he was a key man in terms of that San Antonio Spurs when they won the championship. And he was a good team guy. But again, you think about that, what, 30 teams in the NBA, roster of 12. Uh, I mean, I was talking to um, I was talking to John Ackland, who set up the Warriors in this country, you know, rugby league coach. He's teaching at St. Peter's College in Auckland. And he said, look, you know, rugby, rugby league, we've got numbers right down at a junior level. But, but if we built 80 basketball courts, we'd fill every single one of them. And so what, Sean Marks, what, um, Stephen Adams have done is sim- simply remarkable. Oh, exactly. You know, you're talking um, two truly global competitions and, and people coming from New Zealand, you know, uh, making it there where you're competing against every youngster that wants to be an NBA star in the States um, and the same for the FBL in, in England, plus everyone else wanting to get in there from other countries. And, I mean, you're only looking at a, what, 0.001% probably making it to be honest oh yeah yeah I mean yeah it's isn't it we talk we, and, and we're here and, and I don't get it I mean you know Kirk Penny was another one I think that um also played three or four games in the NBA and still dabbling a little bit at 40 but yeah we just we, we, we just you, that's why people need to get outside in New Zealand that's why people need to go to the states that's why people need to get an idea of just how big the planet is and how big these countries are and how many basketball teams there are around the world how many kids do play football and then just try and put things in context because, you know, we, we can be just a little narrow and a little myopic sometimes with our view of the world. Exactly, exactly. It's, um, yeah, it, it, it's something pretty special to make it and, um, you know, to, to move away from sports that are traditionally not, you know, I know at child, uh, children's level they're the most played, but, um, yeah. but, but you but know, it, people it, don't tend to think about that yeah. later on. You even go back to Chris Lewis. Um, you go back to Kelly Evenden, you go back to Brett Stephen. I mean, these guys were comfortably inside the top 40 in the world in tennis at times, you know. Chris Lewis reaching the final of Wimbledon in 1983. I mean, it's just, it's extraordinary when you look at where these sports are now and just how big those athletes 